Leaving Miletus in our last session, we now accompany Paul in chapter 21 as he now journeys towards Jerusalem through a number of voyages, a very detailed list of places that he passes en route, even Caesarea. Arriving in Jerusalem, we'll see how Paul meets his elders, his religious, the religious leaders of the Jerusalem community, how he's also accused by the, the religious authorities of Jerusalem, how, how we'll learn how the, tri, the Tribune, the Roman Tribune, rescues Paul several times until finally after learning that Paul is a Roman citizen and learning that there's an ambush out or a, a plot out to kill Paul, he finally sends the Tribune, the Tribune finally sends Paul to Caesarea. And it's at Caesarea that our session ends. Having farewelled the elders from Ephesus at Miletus with that wonderful farewell speech, Paul now sets his face to go to Jerusalem. He sails from Miletus to Kos, to Rhodes, Patara and Myra, then on to Phoenicia, sighting Cyprus, finally arriving at Tyre. Then, in an extensive sea voyage, Paul undertakes travelling along the west coast of Asia Minor, across the Mediterranean towards Phoenicia. In, in this short phrase, in 21.3, Luke appends to the ship's arrival at Tyre, for there the ship was to unload its cargo, a reminder of the function of cargo carrying shipping in the ancient world. After a brief interlude with the disciples of Tyre and in a scene of farewell similar to what we've already seen with the Ephesian elders at Miletus in 21.5-6, Paul with his, with his companions, and that includes the we of Luke, how Luke again narrates uh, almost uh, uh, a very strong identity with the events that are taking place. Paul continues the sea journey to Ptolemy, arriving finally at Caesarea in 21.7-8. Then after a brief stay there, as Paul stays at the house of one of the seven named Philip, now called an evangelist in 21.8, it's noted and noted as having four unmarried daughters who prophesy, 21.9, taking us right back to the beginning of Acts from the prophet of Joel. And at Caesarea, there's a Judean prophet, Agabus, who warns Paul in a symbolic action as he binds his hands and feet with his own belt about, what's he about, about what Paul is about to undertake and undergo in Jerusalem at the hands of his co-religionists. Those with him beg him to stay but Paul is determined to go to Jerusalem. He says, um, what are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart, in verse 13? For I'm ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And he would not be persuaded, says Luke. So we ceased, says Luke, and said, the will of the Lord be done. So there is this determination, 
the conviction of God's Spirit in Paul for him to go to Jerusalem. When he finally arrives in Jerusalem, he meets the elders, the leaders, the leadership group again of the Jerusalem Jesus community, uh, meets up with James in the presence of all the elders. To them all, Paul relates all the good things that God had done among the Gentiles through his own ministry. This becomes affirmed by the leadership group. It sums up what they've noted about the way that God has acted amongst the Gentiles. And they record and report, or repeat really, what was the letter that was sent uh, to the followers of Jesus at Antioch, a reminder again of the communion that had been formally established between Jewish and Gentile Jesus followers. However, all this happens not without tumult one more time. So a crowd is stirred up, Paul is accused, and he's beaten because the presumption is he's compromised his Jewish heritage. So the tribune comes and rescues him uh, and they shout, the crowd shouts. It's actually quite a, 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 a vivid story, a vivid scene that Luke creates in 27 to 36. And as the uproar continues and as the soldiers carry him away because of the violence, the mob of the people writes Luke in verse 36, they cry out, away with him. Words parallel to what had happened in the Passion story of Jesus. So Paul is brought into the barracks. The tribune uh, brings him in. And so Paul speaks to him and says to him, may I say something to you? <laughs> and the tribune says, do you know Greek? Are you not the Egyptian then who recently stirred up a revolt and led the 4,000 men of, um, uh, of the assassins into the wilderness? And then comes uh, Luke's advocacy of Paul's identity in verse 39. I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city. I beg you, let me speak to the people. So the tribune allows Paul then to speak to the people and he begins to speak in Hebrew. So not only does Paul know Greek, he also knows Hebrew. Luke's Paul knows both Greek and Hebrew. He's a polyglot because, uh, as we've already seen, Paul's able to go to the cultural centers of the Mediterranean and converse with all kinds of people. And now he speaks in Jerusalem in Hebrew to those who are listening. And so in chapter 22, Paul begins his defense, his apologia for why he does what he does. And he reminds them uh, in this of his own story, his own background, his education under Gamaliel, the way he used to persecute the people of the way and how he journeyed to, uh, journeyed to Damascus. And then he recounts again, and for the third time, why has this vision of Jesus who appears to him on the road, and that becomes the moment that changes his way of life. He then talks to them about Ananias and how Ananias brought sight to Paul 
not only physical sight but spiritual insight and vision and it's from that moment that he is he becomes baptized that paul recounts in verses 15 and 16 and so um he then reminds them how he come came back to jerusalem and while in in the temple he has this trance and in that he saw him saying this vision in the temple he has this vision in the temple which says make haste and get quickly out of Jerusalem because they will not accept your testimony about about me so uh, he has this sense that he's going to be persecuted and up until this stage they had listened they'd listened attentively uh, to Paul but they began again to repeat what had been said earlier away with this fellow from the earth for it free ought not to live so there's this rejection of Paul by his own people in Jerusalem and they wave their garments they throw dust in the air and they uh, again uh, the Tribune commands uh, Paul to be brought back uh, into the barracks where he examines him and under examination the Tribune lifts the scourge about to whip Paul and then Paul says to the centurion is it lawful this is in verse 25 is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned and uh, the centurion goes to the uh, tribune tells him about uh, Paul's citizenship as a, Rome, a Roman and <laughs> it's from that moment that um, we get us we understand that Paul's identity as a Roman citizen again expanding his cultural uh, credentials the Tribune says I came as a Roman citizen uh, because I, I able to buy it from by a large sum in verse 28 Paul says I was born a citizen the Tribune immediately goes and collects Paul removes him from the skirmish and has him bound again brought into the barracks and under questioning Paul declares that he's a Roman citizen which of course changes the whole atmosphere and uh, the Tribune then recognizes that he had Paul bound and should not have treated him such but the Tribune wants to know the real reason why he'd been accused by uh, the Jewish authorities by the Jewish people so he, he unbound Paul and commands the chief priests and the council to meet brings Paul down and sets them before them and so in chapter 23 we get then Paul's religious religious trial something very similar to what we would have seen in the gospel with Jesus passion in the, in the story of Jesus' Passion, he has a, a religious trial and then there's a civic trial before Pilate. In Acts, Paul has a similar two trials in, in reverse. He has a civic trial, as it were, before the tribunal, and now he has one before the religious authorities. Paul's response to his accusers is, is very strategic. 
he recognizes that within the council and the group before him are both Sadducees and Pharisees. He declares his own position as a Pharisee, which creates tension and division within the group. Another riot and dissension breaks out. And again, the tribune has to go in and collect Paul and bring him out and bring him back to the bar barracks for a third time. And then in 23.11, Luke writes how the following night, the Lord stood by him, stood by Paul and said, Take courage, for as you have testified about me at Jerusalem, so you must bear witness also at Rome. Paul next discovers through his nephew that there's a plot out uh, to kill him. This gets relayed to the tribune, who then decides to take Paul under the cover of dark uh, and with um, two centurions to assemble 200 soldiers with 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen to go as far as Caesarea. This is in 23.23. And to provide mounts for Paul to ride and bring him safely to Felix the governor. And he wrote a letter to uh, accompany this uh, transition of Paul from Jerusalem to Caesarea. So with such an, a huge military entourage, Paul finally arrives at Caesarea, accompanied by the letter which the Tribune had written. And so far, Paul is finally placed under guard at Caesarea in Herod's Praetorium. And so with Paul at Caesarea, our reflections on these chapters of um, Acts concludes. As we look back over these few chapters, Paul coming back to Jerusalem, as he determined himself to, to do, uh, he was committed to Jerusalem. He went back to the place where the Jesus story begins to attest to the leaders of the Jerusalem community what he's done. At the same time, he, he's tried. He's tried both religiously by the religious authorities of Jerusalem and again by the civil authorities, the civic authorities represented by the tribune. What Paul demonstrates in his own life parallels what happens in the story of Jesus in his own passion. In Jesus' passion, there's a trial, there are two trial scenes, a religious trial and a civic trial. The same thing occurs with Paul in reverse order. There's a, a civic trial and then a religious trial. But as our time in these sessions concludes, in the next session we will pick up how another trial unfolds before the political authorities and how Paul defends himself and echoes or sums up some of the themes that we have seen in the book of Acts up until now.